for another Dave and Darren Top 5 Things podcast, a review of what we got done at our morning show, which I'll have you know you can listen to live in its entirety weekdays, 5.30 until 10 a.m. What a world. The podcast is brought to you by Nature's Treatment. Nature's Treatment is the only locally owned dispensary. They have two locations, Tech Drive in Milan and uh, West Main Street in Galesburg. And they are both open seven days a week. Both dispensaries offer recreational cannabis. And Milan offers both medicinal, including topicals for localized pain. We'll get into it now with uh, number one. Number one. One. Number one. Number one. Number one. And this should be obvious. Okay, number one. Number one. 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 Number one. Hey, speaking of toys, look who's here. There he is. The Quad City's favorite joke-telling monkey puppet. Ladies and gentlemen, one hand against another makes a lovely noise for Spank the Joke-Telling Monkey Puppet. Yes, we know. It sounds a little funky. But here on the radio, we have our own monkey. What's up, losers? Good to be back. Good to be back. You didn't go anywhere. Yeah, that's true. Oh, look at you getting all getting all chummy with Dave. My buddy. Oh, it's your buddy. That's my buddy, Dave Ben. I'm good, Spank. Yeah, and you're even. Your voice cracking. You even got. I don't know. You even got. If you watch on the old video stream, you've got your own. How about that? We're on the TV. Got your own. Uh, How uh, many markets is this gonna go to? It's just a it's just a webcast. It's a webcast. It's not it's not really television. I don't. We looks, call it TV. But it looks good though. You can watch. Could you watch it on the TV? Uh, you I, can. I well, guess. you can watch it on your computer. Well, you could watch it on a smart TV. Sure. A smart yeah. TV. That's yeah. A, that's a thing. Yeah, it's essentially a computer. Very excited. It's Mississippi Valley Fair Week. Oh, this is a big... Are you performing out there? I'm at the Chuckle Barn. Yeah. Oh, there's a Chuckle Barn. Yeah. Is that uh, there by the... Uh, what was it? The little tiny micro swamp? Right by the micro swamp. That's right. <laughs> Just past Sandyland and the micro swamp, and there's uh, the Chuckle Barn. I'm doing 12 shows every day. What kind of... 12 shows? Uh-huh. How long are the shows? Too long. <laughs> <laughs> now, what kind of fair fair? I did not read the, the contract yeah. before I signed it. What kind of fair fair do you have as far as jokes, or uh, do you do like um, fair food jokes or anything, or you know, well, as you might imagine, funnel cake jokes, corn dog jokes? I don't really do a lot of funnel cake jokes. That's not bad though. Yeah, you might steal that. Yeah, some sort of uh, powdered sugar accoutrement. <laughs> yes. No, as you can imagine, the people at the at the chuckle barn. So you're taking a little break the from the fair. I'm here. I'm here to promote my performances at, at the fair. All at the Mississippi Valley Fair through Sunday. And uh, Sunday. Yeah. Oh Jesus Christ. Yeah. Now, do you uh, watch do, it do, you, do you have an opportunity to go see the uh, the, the, the main stage at the grandstand? Or? Uh, Backstage, I was there for uh, uh, what's his name, Hunter or something. Yesterday, he was great. Ludicrous. And Ludicrous will be there. Oh my friend. Is that tonight? Is Ludicrous tonight? That's tomorrow night. It's tomorrow night. Tonight it's Jordan Pepperson. He'll be in the grandstand stage singing all your country favorites. 
Yeah, so then you just, uh, do you have to kind of tailor your jokes to... The... That's it. And that's exactly it. I make sure that the, the jokes at the Chuckle Barn are fair related. Uh-huh. For example... Jordan Davis tonight. That's why I said Jordan Davis. At the Mississippi Valley Fair, this woman asked the farmer, Hey, how is it that your tomatoes are so plump and so red? Yeah. Well, he told her, I'll tell you my secret. I stand at the edge of the garden every morning completely naked. Oh. Well, this woman says, you know what? I'll give that a try on my tomatoes. Well, the next year there at the Mississippi Valley Fair, yeah. this woman goes up to the farmer. There he is with his plump red tomatoes. And the farmer recognized her from the year before. Sure. He says, hey, did you try out my trick? She says, yeah, I did it. Stood at the edge of my garden every morning, completely naked. The farmer says, how are the tomatoes? She goes, well, actually, it didn't make any difference with the tomatoes. But she said, the cucumbers are humongous. <laughs> Whammo. <laughs> uh-huh. They go crazy for that yeah. joke. Oh, yeah. Anytime you can make a joke about a farmer and a cucumber. Oh, they go wild. Oh, they go crazy. There's this is uh, a St. Ambrose kid, college college boy, goes to St. Ambrose. Oh yeah, another local joke. I try to target it for the yeah. locals. Yeah, I would imagine St. Ambrose is the closest uh, <laughs> closest college, closest uni. Yeah, you drive university. right by it right, on the way to the fair. Hey, so this uh, St. Ambrose uh, kid, he's trying to find a date to take to the uh, Mississippi Valley Fair. Oh, okay. And maybe, maybe if he plays his cards right. Maybe there'll be a little bit more afterwards. You know what I'm saying? I think I do. Well, they get to the fair, and uh, he, he, he beats this uh, girl, buddy of his. He's like, uh, hey, I, I know a cute girl. Her name is Ruby. Yeah. He goes, I think you'll really like her. So they make the arrangements, and they go to the Mississippi Valley Fair together. This college uh, the Ambrose guy, right? This St. Ambrose College guy and, yeah. and Ruby, they go to the, the fair together. And when they get there, he's showing Ruby all around the fairgrounds. Yeah. And he says, uh, well, what nice do you... Nice of him. Yeah. He says, uh, well, Ruby, what do you want to do? Ruby says, I want to get weighed. So they go to this uh, booth where the fella guesses your weight. It's the I'll guess your weight booth. Sure. And the man takes a look at Ruby. And he says, uh, I don't know, 190 pounds? Uh-huh. Well, I mean, Ruby's a lot skinnier than that. Yeah. So just... she wins a prize. Yeah, okay. And then the two of them go on the Ferris wheel, and they do the bumper cars. They go to the merry-go-round. And then they're eating some of them uh, deep-fried Twinkies. They're having a they're having a, a good time at the fair. Oh, so much fun. And uh, this St. Ambrose College kid, he goes, well, Ruby, what do you want to do next? And Ruby says, I want to get weighed. And this guy thinks, well, that's weird, but uh, I guess you like the I'll guess your weight booth. So they head back that way. Uh-huh. Right? And uh, the problem with that was they'd already been to the I'll Guess Your Weight booth. Right. So the guy knew exactly what her weight was. Yeah. They didn't win anything. So then they go on the zipper, and then they go on the tilt-a-whirl, and then they eat some elephant ears, right? Yeah. And this uh, St. Ambrose kid says to Ruby, goes, what do you want to do next? Yeah. Ruby's in tears. She goes, I want to get weighed. <laughs> and this guy thinks, oh, this Ruby's a real nutcase, huh? Oh, uh, yeah. 
So he takes her out of the parking lot and they head home. He drops Ruby off at her dorm. Yeah. She goes inside in tears. Her roommate's sitting on the couch there reading a book. Ruby comes in and she just starts bawling. And the roommate says, uh, what's wrong? How was your date? And Ruby says, oh, Wara, it was wowsy. <laughs> Whammo! Uh, More jokes like that waiting for you at the Mississippi Valley Fair. Come to the Chuckle Barn, just the other side of the micro swamp. Right, right by the micro swamp. Right by it. If you get to the micro swamp, you know you're in the right place. Come and see me. And maybe we'll look at some chainsaw art together. Number two. Number two. <laughs> Number two. Two. Of course, we enjoy playing alternative music. But we also, from time to time, like to share with you some alternative points of view. And I think that might be just as important mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things. These are folks who are sharing with us their very unpopular opinions. If you have an unpopular opinion you'd like to share, our text line is 563-223-8355. And I must say, this first one out of the gate. Yeah. I had this thought to a degree the other day when I saw a commercial. Really? Yeah. Uh, unpopular opinion. There is no reason for deodorant to last 72 hours. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I kind of had that thought the other day, too, because I was purchasing some. Uh-huh. And basically... That's all you can find. No, 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 no. They have 48-hour. Okay. They got 48-hour. What's Where's my 24-hour? Well, yeah, because if who's relying on 72 hours of it? That's... what that's. I, I had never thought of it. I, I mean, I did when I saw the commercial. It's like 72 hours of protection, I thought. What, am I going to Mars? Truth be, truth be told, I really only need maybe... 12? Right. <laughs> I mean, I plan on getting in the shower yet sometime relatively soon. There is no reason for deodorant that lasts 72 hours. I'm trying to shower this morning and water is bouncing off my armpit like someone put saran wrap over the toilet bowl before you take a leak. Yeah, you, it's just like, like you just got scotch guarded. I'm not even sure if this is an, even an unpopular opinion, but based on the fact that my local Target only carries 72-hour deodorant, I sure feel like I'm in the minority here. No, I, I'll say and this. And does it really last 72 hours? I mean, how could they tell? They I must... mean, if you were, like, digging a ditch for an entire day, it's gonna, I'm still going to be fresh. World needs ditch diggers, too. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. That seems like... No, the other day, because I was looking at it, too, it's like 48 hours and 72 hours. I'm uh-huh. like... And I don't even know why. I was thinking... Well, I suppose if they're the same price, I guess I want 72 hours, but that's just really overkill, isn't what, it? What's so different about it's, it? It's not. They're just putting numbers together. They, they are. Right? Yeah. And I don't know that you can. Can you really make the claim that it would last 72 hours? If I suppose it, if you're just sitting in an air-conditioned room doing nothing. Yeah, under what conditions does it work for 72 hours? I don't know. I... I if I'm refrigerated that whole time? Now maybe? we're asking the real questions. Unpopular opinion. I think reheating leftovers is a giant waste of time. 
I hardly ever reheat leftover food. Some people don't like leftovers. I think the food tastes just as good cold as it does hot. Okay, so they will eat the leftovers. Mm -hmm. I like the way the cold food sticks together, and I think it makes it easier to eat. It also saves time because you don't have to wait. You can just grab the food right out of the fridge and start eating. You don't have to worry about burning your food or burning your mouth or having that cold center from the microwave. Rarely will I reheat leftover spaghetti or soup. I will eat literally anything I can cold. Mexican food, leftovers, steak, Chinese takeout, anything. Cold rather than reheated. No, I'll reheat it. You're not a real big leftovers guy, are you? Oh, no, I'm, I'm a big leftovers guy. You but are? I, but okay. when it comes to pizza, I prefer cold yeah. pizza to reheat. See, this pizza. is the deal with my mom. She'll eat leftovers, but she doesn't like to eat the same thing. Two nights in a row? Two nights in a row. Yeah, I can, I can, I can dig that. Or it's like, it's like no, I'll eat it. I'll eat my leftovers, mm-hmm. but I got to have something in between. I'm, I made chili on Monday. I'll have it again on Wednesday. I, I dig it. I'm yeah. on board. See, I can eat it the next day. Unpopular opinion. Wendy's workers make the most accurate burgers that look like the picture. Between Wendy's, McDonald's, Burger King, and Hardee's, the Dave single at Wendy's is the only quarter-pound burger where I'm confident the finished product will somewhat resemble the advertised picture. Well, that could be true. There may be other ordinary fast food chains where this is true, but this has been my experience. Well, that, no. almost, that almost reads like somebody that works at Wendy's is putting that out there. Maybe. Did I just accidentally read a Wendy's commercial? Maybe Culver's. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Culver's because, boy, does somebody have an opinion about them. Culver's cheese curds are trash. <laughs> cheese curds are tough. Listen, they say in this unpopular opinion, I'm from Wisconsin. I grew up eating cheese. Cheese curds, fried cheese curds, cottage cheese, baked cottage cheese, Hot cheese, cold cheese, sharp cheese, soft cheese, baked cheese, boiled cheese, yeah, we get broiled it. cheese, <laughs> food with cheese topped on it, we cheese it. with food topped on it, cheese with wax, cheese with mold, cheese with chocolate, apple pie and cheese. I snack on cheese like a bitch. <laughs> I've had it all. And? I have a high opinion and a high regard for cheese. I have also tenured and cultured I have a tenured and cultured palate. And I've had some bad cheese curds in my life. And Culver's is damn near the top of the list. They are dry, flavorless, lukewarm, burnt balls with sad half-melted cheese. I feel depressed when I eat them. I give them a chance every two years or so to see if they've gotten better. But they're never better, and it sucks because the world loves Culver's and associates Culver's with Wisconsin. But, bitch, this ain't good cheese curds. If you guys want some really good cheese curds, go to the Milwaukee Burger Company. They have big square cheese curds that melt in your mouth. Or go to Dublin's in La Crosse. They have the best cheese curds I've ever had in my life. Or make them yourself. Nothing quite like a freshly made cheese curd that's so hot it nearly... Boils your tongue when you eat it dipped in a sriracha mayonnaise. Honestly, Culver's is otherwise good because of the family atmosphere in Wisconsin pride. Otherwise, 
the cheese curds are garbage, and the fries are unsalted, and the burgers are okay, and the custard is good. My favorite thing to get at Culver's is the root beer, but I do not like their cheese curds. I've never liked them. They don't have any flavor. Why is everyone a bitch, including <laughs> the person I, themselves? <laughs> I know. The language is saltier than the cheese curds. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah, pretty passionate. Uh-huh. Unpopular opinions. Turkey is the worst thing on the Thanksgiving tenor table. Dressing, mashed potato, gravy, green bean casserole, sweet potato casserole, rolls, cranberry sauce are all far superior to turkey. At best, turkey is just okay. Most times, people don't know how to cook or season it properly. So basically, it's drowned in gravy to add any sort of moisture and flavor at all. Hmm. Someone's already getting bent out of shape for Thanksgiving, and we're still three months away. It's August 4th, <laughs> and, we're st- and they've got opinions. Three and about, a half months away. Here's my turkey opinion. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> I don't want anybody thinking I'm jumping on this uh, like a bandwagon. I've been, I was against Turkey back in August, if you'll remember. Look it up. I was saying this quite a while ago. Keep the receipts. Yes, keep the receipts. <laughs> Unpopular opinion. Theme parks are creepy. There's something about theme parks that are just ugh. And I'm not talking about abandoned theme parks. I mean, those are scary, too. But full-on theme parks are just as creepy. There's something about all those people crammed into a singular space that just irks my stomach. The overly giant snacks and food make my brain hurt just looking at them. And the thought of somehow losing my family in a place with all those people makes me want to throw up. Everything is colored so brightly. There's constantly kids screaming. It just sounds creepy and eerie to me. Everything is just too overly happy. And it leans into creepy. Something at theme parks just always feels off. Unpopular opinion. The lime Skittle sucks and they never should have brought it back. The green apple Skittle was superior in every way. It's not a citrus flavor and it just tastes better. The green Skittles are just the ones I try to avoid now. And if you disagree with me, you need to get your taste buds checked out. (laughs) That's what Go see a doctor. I need to have, could you run some diagnostics on my taste bud? Some rando on the internet says I'm supposed to like these Skittle flavors. There might be something wrong with me. I'm going to take the advice of a stranger. Uh, no, my no, why taste are, buds checked. Why are you here to see me today? Uh, I'd, I'd like to get my taste buds checked. Okay, so are you having uh, problems? No, but someone says I, uh, th- that I'm wrong. Oh, did you, you must have read that unpopular opinion about lime Skittles. I did. Yeah, that's all I've been seeing this week. Last unpopular opinion. I think the TSA at the airport is not only fun, but basically the best part of the entire airport experience. <laughs> it's going. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Is TSA is my favorite part. I like the security check. Apparently, none of my friends agree with me. So I'm hoping to find some like-minded people here. 
I believe that the TSA is truly the best part of an airport. I always feel calmed by the initial line, to the part where, where they check your ID, to the part where you have to put your stuff in boxes, and finally when you have to stand in the cool cylinder machine that checks you for any metals. Here's a prime example of why I love the TSA, in case you need any help visualizing. Uh-huh. Once I was on a spring break trip with my college friends in Puerto Rico. We spent the last day partying until after 4 a.m., and I'm making sandwiches for everyone until about 6 a.m. back at our Airbnb. I'm falling asleep at roughly 7 a.m., which only grants me about two hours of sleep before I have to depart at 9 a.m. for my 10.45 flight. And let me tell you, I felt horrible. I was sick to my stomach, dizzy, wildly hungover, essentially every term you could apply to a college student with a one-week bender and two hours of sleep. And I that left, could be applied to me. And I left the sandwiches behind. I finally get to the airport. And I first have to check my luggage for any foreign biological substances by sending it through this big old machine before I can stand in line. Which, if anything, is like a nice little appetizer before the main dish arrives. After this, I get in line, and I swear to God, it's like something in the air magically healed me as I made my way through the TSA checkpoint. I went from a half-asleep, sad sack of skin and bones to practically a whole new man through those 45-ish minutes going through the checkpoint. I specifically enjoyed the metal detector section of the security checkpoint this time around. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure why, but the heavily cooled air going through the air vents filled my brain with some of the best oxygen you can get your hands on. <laughs> every step, every minute in line uh -huh. took my headache away more and more, and it made me happier. By the end of the checkpoint, I had a big smile on my face. And I felt like when a coach's team wins a Super Bowl and they get a cooler of water or Gatorade dunked on them. Wow. In finality, I recommend you re-review the best part of the airport, a.k.a. the security checkpoint. You are missing out on, in my opinion, the calmest and most exciting part of the whole airport experience. I don't know that I've ever been through any sort of TSA that took 45 minutes. This guy's milking it. Did you just keep getting back in line? I don't. I don't think. I don't think they allow you to get back in. That line. was so much fun. I'd like to do it again. May I? Is there any chance I can get a second cavity search? <laughs> really? Did I mention I was making sandwiches all night? What does that have to do with any of this? For two hours, you've got you got to get up at nine. It's four o'clock, and you're going to waste two hours making sandwiches. <laughs> How many sandwiches did you make? I don't know. I was. How many sandwiches could you make in two hours? Oh, I mean, uh, well, how much? How much bread do I have? What? What kind of cold cuts am I using? You could make a hundred sandwiches, couldn't you? Easy. In two hours? Yeah. Of course I could. I know. I know you could if you had the supplies. If I was half awake, I could make a hundred sandwiches in two hours. Right. Ham and cheese sandwiches. Bing, 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 bing. There you go. There's your sandwich. Two hours worth. Why did Why did they bring up the whole the whole sandwich part of the story? Well, I guess just to tell you how tired they were. Okay, I was not only exhausted. I was up all night making sandwiches. Exhausted. Two hours. Just worth. to give you some perspective on where I where my head was at before the TSA magically cured me of my hangover. Just like winning a Super Bowl. Three. All right, number three. Number three. Number three. 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 Three.
quite a conundrum here. I have competing Florida man stories, uh -huh. and your charge is to figure out who is more Florida. Florida. Of these two stories, only one can be the most Florida. But who is it? Who is it? We'll begin in Fort Lauderdale, where a guy shows up late for his American Airlines flight at the Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport on Monday afternoon. Uh -huh. And he expressed his displeasure by making a bomb threat, threatening to blow up the airport because he was late for his flight. Let me tell you how that goes down. Not great. Authorities say that Vincent Serino, a 30-year-old man from Clewiston, Florida. Florida? But that's America's wing. Showed up to the gate and was told by the... Uh, he was told that the flight was closed. Yeah. And then in a rage, he said to the gate agent, quote, I'm going to blow this crap up. I'm going to take you all out. Well, if that's the case, then go ahead and get on the plane. <laughs> she called the uh, 911. The Broward Sheriff's Office deputies arrested this idiot soon later. Um, at one point, the uh, officer writes here in the arrest report, quote, when I attempted to advise him of his Miranda rights, he refused to allow it. Once again, he became enraged and was swearing at me and raising his voice. That is the guy that, if he got on the plane, yeah. would be sitting right next to me. <laughs> He appeared in court on Tuesday in charges of making a bomb threat and making a false report of mass destruction of public property. I would think making a bomb threat is never a good idea, but you probably just uh, maximized your penalty by making a bomb threat at an airport. Yeah. It's one thing for me to make a bomb threat, I don't know, in a parking lot. This, uh, this, uh, this judge in my backyard. I'm making a bomb threat in my backyard. It's not the best. No, that's kind of charming. It's not the best, but it's a better place. Yes. He uh, has been given a ten thousand dollar bond, and the judge told him he cannot go on any airport property. Ever. <laughs> yes, ever. You're banned from all airports. Oh. Uh, his attorney says that Serino's a truck driver who was on his way to pick up his truck from a repair shop when he missed his flight. Okay. That doesn't really help. What does that do for your defense? Flying to go get your truck. So there's that story. And then we go to Middleton, Florida, where a Florida man has been arrested after leading the Middleton Police Department on a high-speed chase. At the time he was driving, one of those Google Street View cars... You know those cars that drive around with the cameras on top? Yeah. That's what this guy was driving. Chase started Monday night around 5 p.m. after the police chief noticed a car passing several other vehicles at a high rate of speed. I thought I'd get an accommodation. Why is everything... From Google. Why is everything in this neighborhood in Florida so, so blurry? Blurry. <laughs> so, <laughs> they say that this... Google Street View car that drives around to take pictures of the Street View for Google, it was driving in excess of 100 miles per hour. In neighborhoods? Yes. This was a Google mapping car mounted with several 360-degree cameras on top of the car. As police began to pursue the vehicle, 
uh, they were able to catch up with it. The Google car continued at speeds of more than 100 miles per hour as it continued to pass other vehicles. What would be the dopest is if when you go to this neighborhood in Middleton, Florida, if you just see, like, cop cars chasing the Google car when you're looking at uh, like information, you're looking at addresses. Well, that's weird. When I look around this way, it looks like the cops are coming for me. Was he just trying to finish the job quickly? At one point, the driver eventually lost control of the Google Map car, driving it through a yard, then into a creek where it became stuck. Got a good look at that creek, though. <laughs> if you want to take a look at that creek, some real nice images. Driver was taken into custody following the crash for resisting law enforcement. That's a level six felony. Driver telling police he was scared to stop. <laughs> you guys scare me. <laughs> I'm, I'm really crossed up. I'm really scared. <laughs> I'm frightened. You guys scare me a lot. So, Darren, I put well, it to you. Which of these stories is more Florida? I mean, bomb threats happen. Yeah. But uh, speeding through the neighborhood with the Google car... <laughs> We haven't had that one yet. No. That's a new story. It's like I had to get my work done, and I wanted to kind of have a nice weekend. So, You know, the thing is, when you drive these Google cars, you got to go up and down all the streets. Oh, my God. It's so monotonous. <laughs> it's, it's worse than delivering mail. And I mean every single street. Every nook and cranny. <laughs> I thought it'd be cool, you know, drive around a little bit. But. I just wanted to maybe have a, you know, a Saturday and Sunday to myself. <laughs> four. 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 I got to respect the grift in this next story. Okay. I just, I can't believe someone's had to have thought of this before. I've just never heard of this. A manager at a Pennsylvania Wendy's is in trouble mm -hmm. for inventing a fake employee and pocketing their wages. Genius. Former general manager of a Wendy's restaurant made up a fake employee so she could pocket their wages. And I'll schedule you. You're going to work a lot of overtime, imaginary friend. Police say she made up a fake employee so she could pocket their wages charged now by theft with deception. By deception. Uh, so essentially, she created a ghost employee uh -huh. who she named William Bright. And William, you're working this weekend with me. William Bright, as in, I've got a bright idea to make $20,000 easy. William Bright. She would clock in and out William Bright at the Wendy's there in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. She kept the scheme up for close to a year, during which time she would manually log in 128 shifts for this fake worker uh -huh. who was paid $19,898 between June of 21 and May of last year. Multiple employees at the Wendy's say, they could not recall ever working with somebody named William Bright. But then again, I don't pay attention to a lot of things. <laughs> I'm just, uh, just trying to 
Keep the frosty machine working, man. I don't got time to learn people's names. Back in April, Johnson admitted to a police officer that she added Bright as an employee and created shifts he did not work. Police say the paychecks were then deposited into her cash app account. The restaurant's insurer paid out more than $16,000 for the incident. She's charged now with one count of theft by deception and a criminal case filed a week later. I'm in trouble now. And now they say that this woman's whereabouts are unknown and the department is making an appeal, the police department making an appeal to the public there in Lancaster for any information as to her whereabouts. I'm on the lam. Wow. Wow. Wendy's not responding to requests for comment on this story. I just, I've never heard of it. You're there. You're scheduling people. You're the manager. If she's clocking in and out, nobody knows. This is something that has to be happening a lot more often than we know, right? Oh, yeah. And someone's probably like, okay, I better cool it. I just heard. Uh, You know what I saw them doing this weekend at the golf tournament? What's that? And I think this would be a good idea for the John Deere Classic to adopt. Okay. Like on the 16th hole. Uh-huh. I would I would I would select the 16th. Where was the golf tournament this weekend? This weekend it was up in Minnesota. Okay. It was like the second to the last before the the big uh, the big FedEx tournaments start or whatever for okay. the tour championship. But what they did was and 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 it was interesting because they had a concession stand right there. And and it made the it, it made the, the the crowd cheer more. Every time someone got a birdie, beers were half price for ten minutes. Oh wow! So oh wow! So that you know you're more invested at that point. So like if someone makes a birdie, everyone's like. Although the lines are going to be a little bit longer for those ten. Well, they would. That's true. So anytime on that hole, yeah, par three, anyone gets a birdie, beers half off for ten minutes. I don't hate that at all. I don't, I don't either. Remember when they had the Tiki Village out in, uh, yeah, in right field yeah. at Modern Woman Park? And if Park? someone hit the Tiki, uh, or the Tiki Hut in the village, if any of the home runs made it to the Tiki Hut, they would just do shots. Yeah, those Tiki bombs. And it shots. happened a few times. Oh, it was the greatest. People would go here. Nuts, it comes. Right? People, it's coming. People would go nuts for it. Ghost employees, not a new thing that this woman in Lancaster uh, invented. Oh, there's plenty of people you could say, remember so-and-so? And I'd be like, I have no idea who you're talking about. <laughs> well, but they did, they did work at some point. Did they? Did they? Federal judge awarded $3.2 million in damages to a cleaning contractor following a default judgment against two former employees and a subcontractor for their participation in a ghost employee and kickback scheme. So this is something, ghost employee, that's the term for it. This happens more than you know. Fort Myers Airport contractor guilty of a $900,000 ghost worker scam. Ghost employees. Gosh, I... Take a look at your 
if you're at work today, take a look at things. See if there's a name that you don't recognize on the payroll. And then ask your manager. And if they get all uh, quiet about it, say, this doesn't have to get... Uh, nobody has to know, but obviously... <laughs> Okay. I'm going to be taking a little the, bit of this uh, is my the suggestion ghost how money. you could yeah black, oh yeah blackmail someone if you know that your boss has a ghost employee here's how you, you handle it you go a couple things one I'm not disappointed I'm a little proud but I am gonna have but to I want be, cut in on this I need a little something to wet my beak so now half of what this ghost employee makes that's going into my my pocket maybe as a manager you want to give him a raise. It would be in your best interest to make sure I also get a raise. Mm, I don't know if this is the best advice. I'm going to sing like a bird. Canary. So now... Never heard a canary sing? Now that ghost works for you and for me. And nobody has to know nothing about nothing. And uh, I don't know what you're talking about, mm. and you're fired. Well, hmm. Can I get a letter of recommendation? <laughs> Do you validate? <laughs> Can I get a reference, please? Can I get a witness? <laughs> Just saying. Here we go. Bookkeeper accused of fraud playing, paying ghost well, employees. Yeah. This is everywhere. Yeah. I've never heard of this. This woman worked as a bookkeeper in Florida. Hale Crudwell. Secretary for a paving company. Accused of using a credit card for personal purchases and paying a relative off the payroll of the company. Relative didn't really work there. Made it look like they're, they were. Again, these ghost Relative might not have even been aware of it. No. It's like, I'm just... I, the what now? I, I, I did what? Hmm? I'm in what kind of trouble? <laughs> I'll sing like a bird. Like a canary. Number five. 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 Number five. I have exciting roller coaster news for you. Okay. You know, sadly, you'll have to wait until next year. You know, these roller coasters take a while to put together. I was reading that the the roller coaster that they have in Waterloo at yeah. that uh, that new uh, Island of Adventure theme park, yeah, which I've got to make my way to this summer. Mm -hmm. uh, that that was a roller coaster that was originally in South Africa, and, and they, they shipped it here piece by piece. That's an undertaking. Yeah, I imagine that's a fun job for somebody who like like playing with Legos their whole life, putting together a roller coaster. Well, here's the thing, though. I would tend to think. As difficult as it is to build a roller coaster, yeah, taking one apart is maybe even a bigger job. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right, because you've got to put it together. You got to take you it down in a way that we're shipping it for someone else to use. Yeah, it's not like you can just take a hammer to it and just make it no, scrap you, metal. You can't just call Jen Winters in. <laughs> no. Why is that boat here? Wait a minute. What is happening? So he knows he needs to make a couple birdies coming in. Jeez, my knees. <laughs> Hit it. Cedar <laughs> Point, which is a great park to go if you're somebody who likes roller coasters. It's a very famous uh, amusement park. Yeah, maybe the best park in America for roller coastering. Uh, they are announcing something called Top Thrill 2 which will be its record-breaking replacement of the Top Thrill Dragster. Top Thrill 2 will open next year. It will be the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch strata roller coaster. 
with its three distinct launches, increased ride time of nearly two minutes, and its second vertical tower, Top Thrill 2, will make its mark on the roller coaster history and redefine the famous Cedar Point skyline. So they launch, they launch the roller coaster mm-hmm. from different vantage points? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess that's what... You'll you'll keep launching. The the dragster, the way it works at Cedar Point is you go around and then you go straight up, way, way, way up high, and then you go straight down. Let me ask you this. Yeah. What is the roller coaster? Is it what you ride in? Or is it the thing you ride on? Oh, or wow. Is it, or, is it, or is it both? I mean, if you're... The roller coaster is a roller coaster. Is that what I'm riding in, or is the roller coaster what I ride? The actual is the whole thing structure. Ro- so you're asking, is the whole thing a roller coaster, it, or is the car that you're in a roller, the roller coaster. coaster? I think technically the car that you're in is the roller coaster. It sounds like a name of something that rolls and coasts. Yes, the structure doesn't really roll and coast. No, those are the tracks. Yeah. Yeah. I think technically, I understand what you're saying, and I quite agree that when I think roller coaster, I'm thinking of, of the, everything. Of everything. But that's not what it is. The roller coaster that rolls is the, the you is get, what you ride in. You get in the coaster and you go around the track. Yeah. But you're right. It, it, both things can be true. This will be again the world's tallest and fastest triple launch strata coaster. I'm looking here at some of the uh, the blueprints. This looks terrifying, <laughs> and I must ride it. And did it? I'm sorry. How fast did they say it's going to go? Um, it, it just this looks like. Oh wow, the roller coaster will feature a 420 foot vertical dual track dual track towers, as well as open air seating. This thing will go at uh, speeds of when it launches you. You'll be doing 74 miles per hour. That's quick. And then there'll be a second rollback that will launch at nearly 100 miles per hour. They say that this ride could, when you do the third launch, before you get to the finish line, you could be going as fast as 120 miles per hour. Overall, again, it'll be a two-minute ride. It will be the only vertical speedway in the world that has two towers and the only dual-tower Stratocoaster in the world. Again, that'll be at Cedar Point's next summer. I think of the uh, roller coaster announcements that have been made recently, you'll be more excited about this. It's a little bit closer to home. At the Holiday World theme park in Santa Claus, Indiana. Get ready for Good Gravy, a gravy-themed roller coaster. So at Holiday World, the gimmick is all the different lands are different holidays. There's like Christmas land, there's like Fourth of July land, and they have a little part of the park that's Thanksgiving land. And this good gravy roller coaster will be there in part of the Thanksgiving <laughs> attractions at Holiday World. On this roller coaster, people will ride in a train... That's shaped like a giant gravy boat. Yeah. Launched on a cranberry-colored track 
through a giant can of cranberries, all while dodging gigantic kitchenware. <laughs> okay. So this will be North America's first family boomerang coaster. A boomerang roller coaster starts off by pulling the ride train back before launching it uphill onto the track. Once it reaches the end of the track, then it goes in reverse, and you repeat the ride backwards. You only have to be 38 inches high to get on it, so that's why this is a family-themed uh, boomerang. Most kids around three years old and above will be able to go on the gravy roller coaster. Ride is set to hit a maximum speed of 37 miles per hour. So it's basically like a holiday meal theme. Isn't that terrific? Yeah. Holiday World. Holiday World and Splash and Safari. They're in Santa Claus, Indiana. And no, Jay Cutler is not going to be operating the train to answer your next question. Go, Jay, go. Holiday World and Splash and Safari. It used to be called Santa Claus Land. Opened in 1946. There are four sections. Thanksgiving, Christmas, the 4th of July, and Halloween. Holiday World features three wooden roller coasters, most notably something called The Voyage, which I guess it's like Santa's voyage around the world. If you're... If you're into it, Santa Claus Land became Holiday World when they realized in 1984 that there were theming possibilities beyond Christmas. Yeah, right. So they added Halloween section and a Fourth of July section. And then eventually someone said, why not Thanksgiving? Sure. We'll have the kids going through a big uh, can of gravy. Why not? So there you go, uh, two, two roller coasters opening <laughs> next summer. You can go over 120 miles per hour in Ohio or uh, dodge a giant spoon in Indiana. Yeah, still roller coaster season. Yeah, have at it. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I didn't think it would be like this. And that was Dave and Darren's top five things. So and it do was it. brought to us all by Nature's Treatment. Yeah, Nature's Treatment has the largest menu in the state of Illinois, and they offer a wide selection of products from recreational use, uh, including flour, vapes, edibles, and more. And if you are a resident of Illinois, make sure you sign up for your medical cannabis card through leafwell.com, and you'll receive coupons and discounts. Until we get a chance to do this for you again, hang loose, you kooks. And you stay classy and safe, Quad Cities. Come on, Quad Cities, represent. This is for the Quad Cities record spot. Davin Boy, yeah, we keeping it locked. Rock out, come on, and it just don't stop. East Moline, yeah, they keeping it hot. Uh. It's over, Johnny. It's over. Nothing is over. Nothing. You just don't turn it off. Okay, bye. Stop making noise. Stand clear of the closing doors, please.